Hi. Welcome to another episode of uh, Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul. Today, I've got Simon Miller. He's, um, in German, what they would call a Wissenschaftlicher Mitarbeiter, which basically means he's a research fellow uh, at the um, School for Strategy and Organization at the Technical University in Munich. And we're going to talk about uh, the smart grid, because as you all know, I love talking about it because there are so many aspects to it. And even the aspects we've talked about have lots of depth to plumb. And in this case, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, smart grid and storage. Isn't that right, Simon? Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, Alex. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to, to discussing about uh, smart energy because, I mean, that's the, the issue of the future. And I'm <laughs> exactly. looking forward to your questions. Well, the thing about this whole thing is we are literally, you know, making up the future as we go along. And when it comes to things like smart grid, there's so many issues, both technical and Sadly enough, or I shouldn't say sadly, but it's outside of our spaces, uh, the political and the uh, regulatory aspects of it, which we've got to address through the technical side, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the uh, policy effects um, regarding the energy systems shouldn't be underestimated. Um, I mean, when we look at the past, I mean, the past uh, decade, I mean, there were, was a variety of, of uh, energy technologies available, but then precisely these technologies, uh, which were basically added in the, in the feed-in tariff laws around the world, um, they just made it, and, and uh, basically they achieved broad diffusion. So with, I mean, more than 1 million PV installations, for example, uh, in, in, in Germany, so really like a large... Uh, a large number of installations, and uh, so basically policy is is here is really deciding what what's going on. That's, and, that's uh, an excellent point. Yeah, and I mean, we, like we we've now achieved basically to to install all this capacity, uh, but but uh, yeah, more interesting will be in the future how to deal with it, and then even further increase um, uh, the capacity of renewable energy. I mean, already right now. We see the effect of, of uh, like the intermittency. If you look at, at Sundays, for example, in, in Germany, like some, some record Sundays, which usually happen, for example, in June, uh, then uh, this year and, and uh, last year, if like on the Sundays there was really uh, good weather with a lot of lot of sun coming and then maybe even uh, some wind blowing and people were outside and, and therefore not consuming electricity, then we had a, a great surplus of, of energy leading to negative electricity prices. So basically uh, markets were paying you to, to yeah, destroy electricity and this really shows um, that, we, that we need storage capacity or some way uh, of, of uh, dealing with this intermittency of the renewable energy. Well, you know, Simon, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here because I can't pretend that I'm against it because my audience has heard me talk about it before. But, you know, why go through all of that storage? Can't you just sell your excess energy over your borders? I mean, that's basically what's happening now. I mean, that's uh, in, in, in the electricity markets right now. The European Energy Exchange, um, I mean, we have, we have links to our neighboring countries. But then again, I mean, this will work to to some degree, uh, but uh, I think generally, uh, like, the, the goal of politics is still basically, basically uh, retain all the competence, or at least uh, the biggest part of it, uh, in, in uh, one context. And I think that, that basically, um, yeah, applies to, to all 
uh, countries because uh, energy is of, of such strategic importance that no country is willing to uh, give basically uh, all the competence away. So I think, therefore, we will, will need solutions and or basically solutions will be highly favored, which can achieve that the competence is retained within one country. Right. Well, I mean, actually, if you look at things like um, when Power One was purchased just for its solar inverter technology uh, by uh, ABB, I believe, you know, there are, there are major companies positioning themselves with the core technologies properly to properly address the what you were about you to say. No, the about question? The, yeah, um, that there are a lot of companies who are doing acquisitions and purchases and other uh, maneuvers strategically to make sure that they secure those core technologies. Yeah, sure. I mean, on, on a company level, for sure, uh, but then also on, on, on national level, like that, that uh, countries are really behind ensuring that uh, basically companies in, in the country uh, retain uh, the, the, the competence. Or then even if it's not about the production facilities, then at least about the operation of such, such facilities, which means, I mean, not storing uh, basically energy at night uh, or like retaining it, it from abroad, but really doing this within one country. And I think that's uh, what we need really the, the, the storage technology for and uh, why it's important to look at the evolution of the storage technologies. Well, you know, Simon, speaking of the, store, of the evolution of the storage technologies, are there any storage technologies that are favored in Europe over others? I mean, uh, water pumping obviously is used a lot, but uh, it could be technologies as diverse as vanadium reflow batteries or even basic uh, lead-acid batteries. I mean, uh, pumped uh, hydro batteries, uh, pumped hydro uh, storage plants have been used for a while, uh, I mean, even for decades. And, uh, I mean, there are pretty, pretty major technology uh, which is being used. But, um, I mean, the point with it is that, like, the, the, the amount of, of change in, in, like, environment when, when building these plants, the local environment is, is really huge. So you're, you're really changing the landscape. And, uh, like, the local population really doesn't, doesn't support this and, and is basically undertaking every mean it can do to, to stop such projects. That is why many of the projects nowadays, even like if, if like government started to plan them, then on some point they, they were appear, like they were experiencing difficulties. And uh, that's one of the main arguments uh, against uh, pumped hydro. I mean, then the second one is that even if you have I mean, if you have this capacity, it's nice, like if you have the geographic possibilities, but then other countries do not have as many, uh, like, mountains or, like, um, <laughs> this changes uh, in, in, in terms of height, so you just cannot build them. Um, I mean, that's what, what basically uh, brings people also to think about the, the decentralized uh, battery energy storage. Right, right. Well, and the other side of, of that is... Batteries, you could put the core technology uh, in and then change it downstream if you make the control and oversight technologies uh, flexible enough. I mean, you know, you may start with, say, lead acid and then switch to fuel cells downstream if your uh, grid infrastructure can handle the swap out of core technology, if you plan it properly. Yeah, 
Sure. I mean, I think that's also what, what on some point we'll see. I mean, right now, if you look at the economics of such storage systems, I mean, lead acid, as it is such a broadly available technology, is, is uh, rather cheap compared to other technologies. But then once, once uh, the efforts with lithium batteries and, and also vanadium redox slope batteries will, will pay off, I think then at some point they'll, they are going to be replaced. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's also one of the issues which has to be addressed, basically, to, to yeah, develop standards and then stick to them so that we basically can choose uh, the best technology once it is evolved. Agreed, agreed. And, well, th that's the rub, as uh, the Americans would say, is we've got to make our way through this morass of multiple technologies and conflicting uh, often, sadly, regulatory environments, and hopefully we'll come out at the end of the tunnel and have everything uh, work out the way we hope. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it will be really interesting to follow the evolution of basically lithium technology because, I mean, totally separately, I mean, next to the grids, we, we see the changes in the transportation sector and now the first very successful uh, electric uh, vehicles. And, uh, I mean, some, some technologies such as lithium are, are possible basically for application in both fields, so in stationary energy storage as well as in uh, mobile uh, applications. But then others um, are, are not because they have, uh, like, a much lower energy density, uh, which renders them unattractive for uh, m mobile applications. And it will be really uh, interesting, therefore, um, to also follow the transportation sector, because once uh, progresses are being made there, they can be also transferred, and, and the stationary sector can, and power sector can benefit from it. Right, right. Now, we are in a tremendous amount of agreement, uh, the, but there is a long way for us to go, and there may come points where even true believers like us may find places where we will diverge in the path because we, there may be choices that were presented that we may or may not agree on. Um, how do you see us getting through to the next stage of the smart grid? What do you feel is the next step? I mean, the next step, and, and which is being undertaken right now, is basically um, yeah, the application on, and, and, and first uh, demonstration of such energy storage projects. I mean... Which, which happens now, and some of them were already finished, and more are to come, uh, which will generate basically knowledge in, in the operation and, and like also uh, concerning the, the uh, time of life of such systems. And then, I mean, once, uh, once this is achieved, then the next step will be, of course, uh, basically to get these uh, systems uh, down in the price so that they can be operated even with, with uh, profit. And, yeah, I think uh, the first, basically, uh, step in, on this uh, path will be the application of such energy storage systems, mainly in, in, in off-grid scenarios, because here uh, it, it, one will be able to replace, um, basically, diesel generators um, by, by renewable energy and uh, with battery systems ensuring the reliability of the systems. And this will not only be a more sustainable way of supply, but also uh, in such scenarios already now, even maybe a cheaper um, uh, supply of energy. Exactly. Well, 
that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to get there. It's just unfortunately there are so many choices. Sometimes too much choice is as much of a problem as not enough choice. What I'd like to do, what I'd like to do, Simon, is I'd like to um, give you give you an opportunity to uh, have the last word. I always let all my guests have the last word in the show, and so this is your chance to either say a little bit more about uh, some of these things that you're observing in the grid, or uh, tip for our audience, or just information uh, for our enlightenment. But the floor is yours. I mean. It, it will be really interesting to, to follow the evolution of these technologies because, as you said before, there's like a, a broad spectrum of choices now, and it will be really interesting uh, which uh, technology uh, will make the race. I mean, in our recent investigation, we've seen that, that uh, like a lot of firms are going towards uh, lithium batteries, that, uh, that uh, patent applications are really on, on a very high there. But then also mm-hmm. redox flow batteries uh, are increasing over the years. Uh, it's at a still much lower level, but but the growth rate is is uh, great. So it will be yeah really interesting to see and and follow the next uh, years and also decades, um, and then uh, to finally see which which technology will will make the race. It will be a very interesting race to watch, and it's luckily one that uh, we can participate in a small way ourselves to help uh, the horses that we like potentially win. So uh, how do people who want to know more get involved with what you're doing? Where can they go for more information? I mean, a uh, pretty comprehensive side is the website of, of our, our uh, project, which is www.eebatt.de. Um, I mean, right now, I think it's still only in, in uh, German, but we are working on the translation, and by the time this podcast is online, there should be also an English version, and uh, I think there is a lot of information about what we are doing. There's a new section, there's a publication section where you can see all our publications, and then uh, once you've read through this, there's, of course, also the possibility to directly contact us. And there's like a member section where there's like detailed contact possibilities for basically everybody involved in the project, starting from basic uh, battery chemistry towards energy management and then to more uh, business and strategic um, views uh, as carried out uh, by myself. Excellent. Well, hey, Simon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us because, as I said to uh, you earlier, I really like to bring as many different viewpoints, especially in something as rapidly changing and as as controversial both technically and policy-wise as the smart grid. So thank you for uh, coming on and giving us some more information on that. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. I really appreciated it. Well, we'll bring you back sometime downstream. You can give us an update on what's going on with all of that in Europe again, okay? Sure. I mean, on, on some point, we'll, we'll be on this project for, for several more years to come, and then uh, for sure we we repeat this. Excellent. With some update. So, great. And I'd like to thank everybody out in the audience for taking the time to listen to us because uh, we wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Don Power. Have a great day. <laughs>